is there and the way they play them. What about Peter O'Mahony? I just oh, thought a sensational performance. Yeah. Jack O'Donoghue and Hodnett. The three of them in the back row. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. The Koi Gig Pod and OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support. Everyone ran their socks off tonight and they left everything out there. We're very proud of the, the team's performance. Let the shackles off Katie a bit so that she can go and play her game. We're going to go out there to beat them. We're going to try and beat them. Hello there and welcome to episode 24 of the Koi Gig Pod and OTB Sports. I'm Kathleen McNamee and joining me this week is one of our incredible super subs, Pearl Slattery. Pearl, Piment drew a game at the weekend and Karen has disappeared. Is she crying a bit of poor form or justified? Where is she? Where is she is what I'm asking. I can't believe she did it this weekend of all weekends. But look, I'm just praying me and Karen are friends by the end of half four next Saturday when we play each other. So once we are, that'll be all good. But yeah. Bad weekend, give it a miss, Kathleen. Definitely a bad weekend. Yeah, I know. Maybe that was also part of it. She didn't want to come on and have me asking her loads of questions about form <laughs> and the like. <laughs> she let you get a bit of trash talking before she does it on the pitch of the weekend. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. As always, it's always lovely to have you on. The Koi Gig Pod and OTB Sports is in association with Cabri FC, official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland women's national team. Karen might be away this week, but for everyone's sake, Emma Carroll is back from her holiday and ready and waiting with another team of the week, so no one has to be Objected to my picks as we were last week. First, though, we're going to chat about the weekend's WSL penultimate. Well, well, for most teams, penultimate weekend. There is some midweek games for some teams, but some interesting results. Quite a few of them. What you would expect. I'm actually going to start with one that I didn't see coming, and that was Everton drawing two two with Tottenham. Just. Uh, incredible game for Everton in what was quite an incredible weekend for both their men's and women's teams. What a comeback, bro. Yeah, unbelievable. Like late goals. And as you said, like the men's team, we probably didn't expect them to beat Chelsea either. And then obviously the draw here. But I think Everton, you know, throughout the season, I know their, their form hasn't been great, but they've always had that fight and spirit. And look, to, to pull a draw so late um, was really nice. It was a great header, wasn't it, um, at the end of the game? But yeah, look, a nice point for them. And as I said, they've always had a nice fighting spirit. You know, they'll probably finish, what, 10th, I think, in the league table now. And I think they'll be looking now just to, to get this season over with now and rebuild in the summer, hopefully, and, and give a good push on there for next season. I think what was interesting about this performance from Everton as well was so many times we've seen them push until the very end and then just be undone, maybe not have the mental capacity to carry themselves through over the finish line, whereas that was the complete opposite in this game. I mean, going 1-1 and then 2-1 and then 2-2, it was it was such an exciting... And I think it's maybe slightly shows a picture of where Spurs have gone this season as well in that at the start of the season, we were talking about them as like easy Champions League contenders, possibly even top three, like they were performing incredibly well and they just seem to have collapsed a little bit. And when you look at the stats from the match, I was surprised at how close both of them were. You know, I think the possession was pretty much 50-50 yeah. for a lot of it. Yeah pass accuracy both teams were in the high 70s do you think that this is just symptomatic of a Spurs team that's maybe still building and is maybe needs a few more world-class players before it starts competing all the way to the end of the season yeah I think so like look obviously credit to everything like when you can see it solely 
Um, naturally, the head normally goes down, doesn't it? As you said, for everything, even though they've had a fight in spirit, but then to pull a goal back was was great. And look, I think Tottenham have to have like, four defeats out of their last five, and then obviously that draw. But I do, I think if they add, you know, a body or two, they seem to have a good group, um, but they definitely need three or four new bodies in, I think. But look, I mean, they're sitting fifth. Um, <laughs> it's not a bad position. And then if you make a sign and two or three signings during the summer... You know, I always look at teams in and around the middle of the table and you look at the Chelsea, Arsenal, Manchester sides. Like it's very hard for everybody else to compete. But, you know, you know they're not what they're about. I don't know, is it 11 points off fourth, fourth spot? So I think if we look to close that gap next season, then that'd be a really good season for them. But I think, you know, it's been, a, it's been an okay season for Tottenham. But I think I agree with you. You know, if they add a few more bodies now, um, they can hopefully push on next season. The second surprising not in the fact that it was a win for Chelsea but I suppose just that Chelsea didn't put more goals past Birmingham 1-0 and a really unfortunate one for them to concede the penalty I don't think too many people had any complaints about the giving away of the penalty it was just one of those awkward ones where it happens and there's nothing you can really do to stop it but Again, what I've seen with this Chelsea team is they haven't been playing at their best the last couple of matches, but they're just able to grind out that win. And where you see teams like Arsenal and City putting six or seven past their opposition, Chelsea are just eking it out all the way into the final weekend. Absolutely. I think it shows the depth they have in their squad even. Um, look, the first 10 minutes, I thought they were going to be tuning up. They had great chances. And then all of a sudden, when you see, you know, Claire's shot hit the crossbar bounce off the line you're thinking it's going to be one of those days because you know Birmingham are fighting for their lives Chelsea are throwing everything at them, and it wasn't really happening for them and then it goes to show the quality they have on the bench I mean Cooper coming on she was the super sub she was the the game changer if you like she injected energy into the game Um, the penalty yeah it was you know when I first seen it, I was thinking oh, it's a bit harsh because she's not even looking at it but I mean if your hands up that's the rule it's a penalty and then you know, Harder goes up, look, we all know the quality Harder has, but that was a pressure penalty because we all knew, I'd imagine all the Arsenal girls were watching and thinking, is it going to be one of these days? And then to step up and take the penalty. And then it was obviously interesting to hear the interview after the game and, and Aaron Cupboard saying, like, you know, Harder constantly, you know, practices penalties every single session. She's doing, you know, three or four of them after every session. She knew she was just confident that she felt when Harder was going up, she's going to score. So people just think, you know, people go up and take those penalties, but a world-class player like Harder practicing penalties after every single game, you know, really is incredible. But for me, um, it just, yeah, look, it showed the quality of the squad. A few subs came on, you know, they're bringing James on, who obviously hadn't had a run of games, but even bringing the likes of herself on is, is, is pure quality. But for me, you know, and I think Cuthbert in the end got player to match and she only came on at half time, which is incredible. But to me, she's been unbelievable this season. She's one of those players. She's a manager's dream. She'll play anywhere for you. She'll give you everything um, and I think that game yesterday just epitomised our season, really. Yeah, Erin Cuthbert has featured in a lot of our conversations this year, in particular for how good she's been. And also because I think a lot of the time she's doing the grunt work that you're not necessarily seeing. You know, she's running around the midfield. She's making sure the passes are going up. She's running back and defending. She's not necessarily scoring the goals and getting the credit, but she is putting everything in. And I think that's the thing that we have seen with Emma Hayes and Chelsea 
Emma Hayes isn't afraid to hold players back and give them time, but she's also not afraid to throw younger players on or less experienced players and build them up. I think you look at even what she's done with someone with like Jess Carter in the last year who has really come to light under Hayes and is now able to play in like multiple different positions and has become pretty much maybe not undroppable in a team like Chelsea but you know she has become a regular in a way that she just wasn't last season I think that's great to see you see you look at the firepower that Chelsea has you talk about players like Harder there they didn't have a single shot on target (laughs) in the first half crazy (laughs) and I don't mean this in a a bad way because they are a team that have pulled off some shocks obviously beating Arsenal in January but against Birmingham you would expect a shot on target in the first half yeah, absolutely. And it, look, it just goes to show you, I think in any league now, especially in the WSL and teams like Birmingham and Furness who've been fighting tooth and nail for every point. I, you know, even before the game, I was thinking, you know, this is going to be tricky, you know, with the captain by Louise who we had on, obviously. And you just know Carter, our manager, has done really well since he's come in. And I knew it was going to be a tricky one, but I definitely didn't think there'd be no shots on target. That was a strange one. And that's when you're kind of thinking, is it going to be one of those days? And God, you can imagine the Arsenal girls watching and thinking, you know, hoping that it continues like that. And then, unfortunately, for Birmingham, it's it's a penno in the end, you know. But um, look, an incredible performance by Birmingham. And I don't know if you watched the game, but Emily Whelan could have snatched the draw late on. Yeah, Burger tapping thinking, that. Oh, my God. That would have been an incredible story for an Irish girl to go on then and equalise. And it was great to see, look, the likes of Emily come on. Jamie Finn obviously played. Louise has been brilliant. And look... You have to win dirty sometimes every single team, no matter who you are, no matter what firepower you have. And I'm telling you now, Emma would be absolutely delighted with that result yesterday. Penno or not, once they win the game, it's it's so, so important. But one game left, um, a huge, huge three points for Chelsea. Definitely. A very uh, emphatic win for Arsenal. 7-0 against Aston Villa. Meadham Brace, an own goal from Rachel Corsi. Very nice long range strike from Beth Mead. I've seen Beautiful it is on the WSL Twitter. If anyone wants to check it out, would recommend it. Wubba Moy, once again, on the score sheet. She's been doing that a bit recently. She's and Yeah, she, she's loving getting the goals. And then Blackstenius and Paris as well, who actually reached her 50th yes. WSL goal, which is great to see for her. Nothing really to note from the game. I mean, Arsenal were completely dominant unfortunate injury to Jordan Nobbs during the game now she was quite upset leaving the pitch but there's been no word how bad it is I suppose everyone is just hoping it's not another ACL for her after missing out on the World Cup Um, but even with the amount of game time and stuff she's been getting this season I don't know would she have been a definite for the Euros anyways and yeah just tough for a player like that I mean getting ACLs or those sort of knee injuries they're just so hard to come back from absolutely and look obviously seeing knobs that she looked quite upset because obviously they're coming up to the Euros they're hosting and she must be thinking what look and it's, it didn't look anything major but you just knew by her I think when you've done injuries like that you know um, and I mm. suppose just looking at her during the game I suppose it was that fair wasn't it so you're hoping now that comes out and look it's nothing too serious but I think Everybody expected Arsenal to win that game and they won it comfortably in the end. And like, Moy deserves a shout out, doesn't she? She's a centre back and she's banging in the goals the last few weeks, which is absolutely brilliant to see. And then everybody thought, you know, how long is it going to take Paris to get her 50th goal? So look, I seen her hug a few of the girls after. It was like a relief for her. Um, look, she's been a top player around the league, hasn't she, for many years? But meeting her for the second, for, for one of the goals, her feet was just, you know, incredible. And 
Look, it all goes down now to obviously if Arsenal win Wednesday night um, against Spurs. It goes down to the last day, which is just unbelievable excitement for everybody involved. And I think Arsenal have West Ham and then Chelsea obviously have United, which is just going to be cracking, it's cracking a great, time. Yeah, I I really hope Arsenal do win this week just for the pure thing of it going oh, down absolutely. to the final day. I think the last time it happened was like 2014 or something, 2015, yeah. 2016. It was a long time ago anyways. And it's, it's nice. It's kind of been a few down. weeks. The last few years, you've, you've kind of known who's going to win it, where this year is it's just brilliant to go down to the last weekend, hopefully. Yeah, Leicester drew nil all with Reading. A win would have seen them making sure that they stay up, but that is still slightly uncertain because they got the draw. United, not all that convincing, but beat West Ham 3-0 to keep the pressure on City. But City 7-2 against Brighton. Brighton's run of poor form continues. And a bit of a masterclass from Kadisha Shaw, who... Surprisingly, we haven't seen that much this year in a city jersey. And watching her at the weekend, I was like, why? Hell, <laughs> I think I've seen this most weeks. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it sums up City season, though, because City season, I think, at the start and middle, they were struggling. And in fairness, Shaw had a few glimpses throughout the season, but she was excellent the weekend. It just goes to show the quality. But I just think City in general now, they're in great form. The whole squad is buzzing. Even I always go back to Caroline Weir, who probably middle of the season wasn't getting in, and now she's again in unbelievable form. You, you thought, how was somebody like Caroline Weir at one stage not getting into the City team, and now she's back to her best. I think she scored another goal the weekend. And look, yeah, it was a brilliant performance, and they're in really good form. I think they've a game in hand on the OV United, and you know, if they win mm-hmm. that. Um, but again, it's just brilliant to see that rivalry, isn't it, with the Manchester teams fighting it out for that third spot. The league is going to end in an incredible fashion, which is which is great to see. But I was delighted for Shaw because she's one of those strikers who probably hasn't got as much time as she would like and then comes on and our attitude is great. And some nice finishes, poker finishes the weekend. And I think City have scored about 15 goals in their last three games. It just kind of tells you the form they're in, um, which is great to see. Yeah, they have definitely jumped up from where they were at the start of the season. Um, if you have any thoughts on this weekend's action in the WSL please get them into us on Twitter at off the ball using the hashtag OTB Koi gig she is back to save me from the multi-screen madness that is picking a Koi gig team of the week <laughs> Emma Carroll welcome back we hope you had a wonderful time away but who has made the cut on your team this week um, I'll run through it really fast um, in goal Brosnan four at the back with Greenwood Wibbamoy Quinn and bronze in midfield duo of Cuthbert and Shannon O'Brien and then we've got Hemp, Miedema, Mead and Shaw up top. Once again, very nice Irish involvement there um, as always. <laughs> it's always. I think this is the first time we've had Brosnan in a team of the week. Yeah, I think it is, yeah. Um, I thought, like, I was kind of I was watching the the Birmingham Chelsea game. It's like Ramsey was done well, her positioning was well, but it was like unsurprised. Well, very surprisingly, Chelsea didn't have a shot on target until the penalty. So crazy! It's absolutely nuts. And then just watching um, everything, I thought Brosnan was probably quite busy, done well, made a couple of saves, conceded two, but I think the defenders were probably a little bit more questionable for the two goals than she was. Maybe her positioning could have been a little bit better, but I think overall she she deserved a shout. 
There was one particular save that Brosnan made that was very reminiscent of a fingertip save she made during the Sweden game. And I just love seeing her do it again. Because I was like, yes, Courtney, more of this, please, when it comes <laughs> to the rest of the World Cup qualifiers. This is what we need. Um, yeah, I actually didn't have a massive amount of complaints this week. I've, maybe I'm, I've just gone slightly less harsh in my old age after having done one <laughs> team of the week myself. But I will keep bringing this up. <laughs> because of the stress it gave me. But I did think that there could have been a shout for more United players. I know they weren't the most, you know, cutting edge a lot of the time, but they did take their chances when they came. Um, I thought players like Martha Thomas in particular was quite impressive. Yeah, and like maybe Galton as well had a really good game. Uh, But I just think like, it's just so hard to look past hemp at the moment on that left wing. And then, yeah, Shaw scored four, so yeah. <laughs> she definitely gets the, the nod ahead of Thomas. But I, um, yeah, Golden was definitely kind of yeah. on my list, on my shortlist. She's on the bench, Kathleen. I had Golden, <laughs> Golden question mark, and then Emma, similar to you, like how do you drop Hemp or even put her on the opposite maids goal alone, and the form she's in. But Hemp is just I've no more words for. Her. I think she made our hundred appearance at you the weekend, and just she's a player of the year, like. You Surely. just look like, and she's she can like boat wings because now that Chloe Kelly has been playing the last oh, few games yeah. as well, you see them swap so much. Um, and Chloe Kelly could be another one that was worth a shout because I think she's finding form really yeah. quickly since coming back from such a, a another ACL injury again. So, but uh, yeah, I think Kemp is just, she's just one of those this season that's Constant. like probably one of the players of the season, really. And yeah. I just can't overlook her at the moment when she's Williamson? playing that form. Williamson. What do you think? Oh, no. Louise Quinn is getting in there. Listen, we and I got the goal and yeah, yeah it was probably yes. a show between the two of them, to be honest. Um, they didn't have an awful lot to do in defence, but that's yeah, exactly true. it. It was that they, because of that, they had the chance to step forward and that's make so those passes. And yeah, the two of them are actually striking up a really nice partnership yeah. now as well. Um, and the both of them can spring those diag balls across the, the field as well. So, but um, I thought Quinn was brilliant against Chelsea. I thought just excellent. So she was definitely getting in there. Like, let's face it. Yeah. And <laughs> they almost kept a clean sheet. So Yeah, almost. I know. I know. Penno as well. She'd be, she'd be coursing it. Do but you... uh, Cooper, definitely. Great show. Yeah. Yeah, I only played 45 minutes and I think she got player of the match. And she, yeah, she came on and she just gave... Chelsea were quite passive and... Look, maybe it's a three games in a week. Maybe it was just kind of hitting them and Birmingham had something to play for. And yeah, but when she came on, I think in the first five minutes, she ran back and she just like slid in and intercepted a, a ball and just straight away, you could just see her energy is just incredible. Just like and everyone, doesn't it? Unbelievable she is, yeah. Another one that we mentioned a little bit in our intro to the entire show was Caroline Weir. Um, Again, thought she played particularly well. I know City didn't have exactly a hard time, um, thanks to Katisha Shaw's four goals, doubling her tally for the entire season in one match. But yeah, I just think she has been so strong and really kind of cemented her place when she wasn't really getting the game time earlier in the season. Yeah, she's just brilliant recently, isn't she? Um, I, I've i had her in a couple recently and 
then just kind of watching Leicester and again they've something to play for and they got the draw and I just thought Shannon O'Brien was really good um, and we don't always get a chance to shout about these players because we do tend to like you know put the players that are in those teams that are scoring goals that are constantly doing it they put, sometimes the players down the bottom end of the table can get a bit looked over but um, I thought she had a really good game and she could have had a goal or two as well unfortunate not to really put them away and since we are kind of going into our final matches of the season, I keep calling it the final weekend, but I'm aware there are actually midweek matches that we need to get through as well. Who is going to do it? Chelsea very much in the driving seat. Arsenal, I mean, if they lose during the week, then that's kind of everything done for them. But Emma, what do you think? Yeah, uh, Karen asked me this a couple of weeks ago and I said Chelsea because I thought the momentum was with them. But yeah, I'm going to stick with them, but they they definitely do have the harder game yeah. and I think Emma Hayes kind of alluded to her in her pre-match as well kind of saying listen Arsenal are playing teams that don't really have a lot to play for Chelsea are playing Birmingham who's battling relegation and then they've got United who are looking for that Champions League spot yeah. at the last day of the season so they definitely do have the hard over to do but I I think they'll I think they'll do it I think they'll hold they 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 just know what it takes to win they're a team of winners and I think they'll I think they'll edge it What about you Pearl? My heart wants Arsenal, definitely. Um, look, I'm going to go for Arsenal. I'm going to go for a mad upset on the final day. <clears throat> Arsenal beat Spurs during the week. United either hold Chelsea and then Arsenal beat West Ham. That's It'd be brilliant, wouldn't it? That's be, what I want. I'm just going to go for it. I'm not going to stay safe. I'm going to go <laughs> That's the thing I think most people are expecting Chelsea to win it and think it is kind of sealed for them. Yeah. I particularly because they have just been able to scrape out these wins where even if they're not playing great, they still do get the points. But I think it would be incredible if it did go to Arsenal. In terms of the Champions League places then, will City overtake United into that third spot or are United going to hold on, bearing in mind that City do have a game in hand? Again, yes, they play Birmingham, so... Like it's another it's one hard. that they have something to play for. So it, it's, it's such a like terrible uh, final week for Birmingham when they're battling relegation. But you know, yeah, I think the form that City is in, it's hard to overlook. You you would think that they will be Birmingham, unfortunately. Um, hand, as yeah. much as we'd love to probably see Birmingham scrape it and manage to stay up with some miracle, it's going to be very hard for them to do that. Um, I think City. I think City will not the spot. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that too. Well, we will have the recordings of this for next Monday. Should we all have been proven <laughs> wrong? And I am pretty sure Catherine, our producer, will be pulling them out and playing them back to us. Karen isn't here, so she won't be able to join in on all the fun. But I'm sure we'll be able to find something from she during. Gets away the... with it. Can we? Yeah, can I'm we sure we'll be able to shout out to some... Katie Taylor. By the way, just because oh. I'm looking at your poster behind you, and I'm just want to say it'd be wrong of us tonight. Not to mention Katie Taylor. Listen, we could have put her, found a place in the team for her. Like, but <laughs> should have been all I was Katie actually, Taylor. Get her in the midfield. I was tempted. I was like, just for the crack. <laughs> oh, I was going Amazing. to make that joke. One of the favourite pieces I've ever written for ESPN was about Katie Taylor and her like football career. And yeah. no one there knew anything about it. They're like, whoa, didn't realise she could have been a pro footballer. And I was like, that's our Katie. She's just great. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, obviously a magic weekend for her and just for we also had the sevens performing very well. So yeah. generally for Irish women, it was a very good weekend. Um, we will leave it there, but we will be back next week with our ultimate all-conquering last round of the Koi Gig WSL Team of the Week. But in the meantime, get your thoughts and opinions into us on what you make of Emma's selection this week. You can tweet us at Off the Ball and use the hashtag OTB Koi Gig and make sure to let us know who you think is going to win the title. Joining us this week on the show is London City Lioness player and Irish international Rihanna Jarrett. Rihanna, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me on, guys. Um, I suppose start with what's happening right at the moment. Season end, how have you felt about this season has gone for you and for the club? Um, I think as a whole um, for the club, we managed to finish the league in second place, um, which is the highest the club has ever finished. Um, I think this is the third season that the club has actually been around. Um, the club were previously Millwall and then they separated to become their their own identity and this is kind of the third full season that they've done that. And I think if we had a said at the start of the year to people that we, we would have finished the league in second place, everybody probably would have laughed at us and <laughs> and said we were we were kind of reaching too high. But for us, I think the way that the season went overall, I think up until Christmas, we were right there, thereabouts with Liverpool, ourselves, Crystal Palace. And we unfortunately had kind of a little uh, a dip in form after Christmas. I think we lost maybe five in seven games, um, which ultimately turned out to, to be the deciding factor. Obviously, Liverpool were the, the most consistent team throughout. Um, but I think we managed to, to pick up form towards the end, which we're absolutely over the moon with. Um, for me personally, I haven't actually played since the end of January. Um, so I picked up an injury in my calf to begin with. I tore my calf and then I managed to, to hurt my meniscus in my left knee when I was coming back from my calf injury. So kind of still battling with that at the minute. So it's been an up and down season for me personally, but... I've enjoyed it um, both when I was on the pitch and, and off the pitch kind of like the, the last couple of months in a kind of different role supporting the girls on and, and, and cheering on from the sideline. And you've kind of, you've had quite an unfortunate run in general when it comes to injuries. And this is something that we actually chatted to Leanne Kiernan about a little bit when she was on the show a couple of months back. But do you feel now, having had that experience that you're, in a slightly better place to, I suppose, as you say, have that role off the pitch and help people off the pitch? And how have you found that for yourself? Because I imagine it's probably quite frustrating while also quite nice to still have a role and still have something that you can do to help the team. Yeah, I think obviously anyone that that knows me or knows anything about me knows that I, I struggled with injuries, but I was kind of on a good run of things. I think I hadn't been injured. I've been back on the pitch since 2017 and I was doing well for the last number of years and kind of thought that the, the injury side of things were behind me. But unfortunately, that's that sport at the highest level and it comes with the territory. Um, I think I know how to conduct myself off the pitch when I'm injured. I know how to to support the girls and, and I'm in a team environment where they're, it's, a, it's a very young team, um, very inexperienced team. So I think even though I haven't been playing, um, they've still been needing my voice and I've been needing me to, to help them in different situations. And I think coming into this team, being as, as one of the more experienced and, and one of the older players, I think I'm, I'm 28 in the summer, is a new experience for me. Um, I think when I played with Wexford, obviously you had the likes of Kylie Murphy, Adele Kennedy, Nicholas Innett that were, that were always older than me and were always kind of like guiding me on. And although I've been around for a number of years, I was never kind of in that kind of older category. So it's... 
it's been a new experience. I think dealing with the injuries this year has been difficult because, as I said, I tore my calf. <clears throat> Sorry. To begin with, it was only supposed to be a short-term thing and then turned into like five and a half weeks. And then when I was finally back in fully training, I tweaked my knee a bit. And we actually weren't sure of the extent of the damage. Um, and I actually only found out last week um, that I actually need surgery. So I'm going in for surgery on my meniscus on Wednesday to get that, that sorted out. So it's kind of been a, a roller coaster kind of couple of weeks, but I'm kind of at the point where I'm glad that we finally know what the story is and we can finally get the wheels in motion to hopefully get me back on the pitch sooner, sooner rather than later. Mm. Rihanna, just obviously you mentioned there the Women's National League. Obviously, I would know you well from your time <laughs> in the Women's National League and the battles we've had over the years. Um, I definitely don't miss them. But just, I suppose, in terms of people probably listening from home, just your journey since leaving Wexford, you would have obviously you know, played part-time. You would have had your own schedule in terms of the gym in the morning, going to work in the afternoon, if you remember, because you have to work part-time and then training late with Wexford. <laughs> then move into a full-time environment. I mean, what's that journey been like for you? What's the big differences for you on and off the pitch? And I suppose are you still enjoying it? And I, I'll get a little hint in there. Will there be ever a Women's National League return for you um, in the future? <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, for me, the move from Wexford to Brighton was who I signed my, my first professional yeah. contract, but kind of happened overnight, I think, for three or four months. I was away I was trying to get the opportunity ended up going on trial with Brighton kind of early January and then kind of like the last two days of, of the transfer window in 2020 it came about that they offered me a contract and I was kind of him and Han wasn't too sure on whether I was going to accept it or not and it turned out to be like a good decision that I did in the end because who knew that maybe like six weeks later that the whole world would be shut down due to a pandemic so we were Fortunate enough that unfortunately the, the end of the 2020 season got cut short, but we were able to pick things back up again in the summer as if things had never changed. Obviously, social distancing and how we approached the game was different, but we were still able to train in a full-time environment in terms of the facilities that we had at Brighton was, was unbelievable. And I think for me, it was the first time that I was able to focus just on my football. That, As you said, I wasn't rushing from going to the gym before work to then going to work eight hours sitting at a desk to then have to rush off to travel an hour, hour and a half to, to get the training and then do it all over again the next day. And I think for me, that was kind of like a breath of fresh air. Now, don't get me wrong, it was a, a completely different level than what I was playing at in, in, in the Women's National League. And it did take me a while to, to get up to the standard. And I still think I probably never kind of done myself justice at that level um, for whatever reason that may be and that's why this season I was looking forward to, to taking a step down into the championship and, and playing week in week out and and kind of seeing what I can do and seeing where I can push myself and kind of test myself in, in this level that isn't quite the level of the, the WSL but it, it is getting better each and every year and, and I still do believe that it is that little step above the, the Women's National League um, as I said for me the key thing was having the opportunity where I didn't have to work full time and yeah. and worry about planning my training schedule or, or fitting everything in the week and I think for me this year although I managed to get injured again it, it's still been kind of a breath of fresh air having some free time um, just for me and, and to focus on me and I think being injured and having that free time has, has been important for me to to deal with things kind of both on a, a, and off the pitch um, and in terms of your question Pearl about returning to the, the Women's <laughs> National League <laughs> obviously hopefully that door will never be closed but um, yeah. I'd like to think that, that my, my journey in England isn't, isn't finished just yet years, I don't want yeah. To, yeah I don't want to, to, to end it on this that's good news that's good news <laughs> 
We all like the idea of keeping seeing you going for a good few years, yes. <laughs> and you mentioned the fact that, you know, London City Lioness is a, is a relatively young team, both in terms of the fact that the club itself was only properly founded in 2019 and the age of the actual players themselves. I've been so impressed with them this season in particular. It feels like the season where you guys have really hit your stride. And I know you said you had that down period where you, I think it was five out of seven matches, but you're still able to come back from that and kind of mentally recover from that to come second to a Liverpool team who were pretty incredible all season. How, what was the like general chat around the camp in terms of like, were people before Christmas looking at it as this is a genuine, we could get promoted run? Like, is that what the goal was for the team for the year? I think for us as a team of players and, and staff, I think we, we had those conversations kind of early doors when we came in for pre-season. And I was actually only chatting to my manager, um, Melissa Phillips, about it today in our kind of end, end of year meeting. And we were saying that there was a huge turnover of players in, in the summer window just gone. That I think she signed 13 new players and she kind of thought long and hired about these players, not just as players, but also as individuals and, and personalities and, and what they could bring to the team. And as I said, the team is very young, but we've got a lot of players that are kind of wise beyond their years as well. And obviously you still have that kind of like immaturity level. But I think when we were going through that sticky, sticky patch, obviously at the start of the year, our aim was to get promoted and everybody was kind of like rolling in the one direction. And when you reach a sticky patch and things just aren't going your way and the results aren't going your way, it's easy to kind of like get on each other and to to change everything about the environment, change everything about the team. But luckily we, we do have, although these players are young, they're, they are able to take criticism and we were able to have some needed kind of long discussions, people taking ownership of different things and we tried new things. And I think in kind of like the last kind of month or six weeks, there was a a difference in our style, but it wasn't a difference as to who we are or what our identity as a team were. And I think the fact that we were able to adapt and kind of like come through that sticky patch, because unfortunately like winning and losing can become a habit as well. And obviously the longer you go without winning, the harder it gets, the more frustrating it gets. But to be able to to get the job done in the end and, and to be able to finish strong and to be able to finish second in what's been a very competitive championship has, has definitely been a positive season for us. But as I said, ultimately, we missed out on our, our aim goal, which was winning winning the league. But credit to, to Liverpool, they were by far the most consistent team in the league. And I think after we beat them the, the, the first day of the season, they didn't lose again until the closing day of the season. So that's kind of credit to them and, and credit to Matt Beard and what he's done with them. But obviously disappointing for us. We wanted to be in that position, but Liverpool are definitely a WSL team. Um, I think if you, hopefully the men's side have taken note and, and can continue to back them more and we'll see them up there fighting again with the likes of your Arsenal, Chelsea, Cities and, and obviously United who have, who have gone come along in, in recent years. Yeah, it is nice to see the Liverpool team get back to what like the early years of the WSL and what we would expect from them and I suppose the commitment you would expect from a club that is successful as Liverpool putting towards their women's outfit. And you've talked a lot about your move from Brighton to London City Lionesses and the whole point being trying to get more game time. And I know that was a little bit hampered by the fact that you have been injured for the last couple of months. But prior to that, how were you feeling in your own game and how were you feeling having made that move? You know, was it one that you were happy with and you were feeling quite content about where you were growing? 
I think it was it was definitely a positive move for me. As I said, the the key thing was that I needed to be in an environment where I was not only playing week in week out, but I was also being challenged. And I think it was definitely half that in, in terms of the the team that we have here. And although I enjoyed my time in the, the the WSL, it just wasn't for me. And sitting on the bench for kind of eighteen months had its toll on me. And I think you could see that in in terms of my performances, um, not only in an international jersey but at club level as well. And I think. For me, last summer it was important that I thought about what was best for me, and and I do think that kind of the turn of the year, um, coming into January, I was slowly starting to find my feet. I was slowly starting to feel a little bit more comfortable, slowly starting to get back to the, the type of player, kind of the movements that I was doing in the women's national league before I signed, and kind of remembering what I was all about as a player. And I think I kind of lost my identity a little bit over the course of those eighteen months when when I wasn't playing so regularly. I think. For me, it was tough to kind of like realize that and have those tough conversations with managers and and kind of accept that and not only accept it but figure out how I was going to kind of get out of that situation. And I felt that come January, I was working hard with the management and the S and C coach, and we were seeing strides in in my performances. We we were seeing changes, and I think was very disappointing then to get injured at the time that I did. Um, because obviously it was it was all that hard work, and and, and I was kind of like for what, but. Obviously, that is, that is sport. Sport can be cruel, and especially at the highest level. And as I said, injuries are a part and parcel of it. It's it's kind of like how you react. And obviously, I've reacted to to things previously in the past, and then always seem to come come back better and stronger. And obviously, I'm hoping that this will, will be the same. That that hopefully, um, next season I'll, I'll start to kind of like remember who I am and, and start to, to kind of grow again as a player. Yeah, look, you, you deserve massive credit, I suppose, Ryan, just for your mental strength, just on your, the injuries that you had, you know, in previous years, never mind this one. So it's, it's a big credit to you. But in terms of, you know, I'd be a type of player like yourself, if I haven't been playing, you have to play at a consistent level, don't you? Just keep your game going. And obviously, injuries, obviously, you know, spot got in the way in parts of this season for you. And I suppose just in terms of the women's national team, then, you know, just seeing how well they're doing and stuff. I'm always fascinated when players are out of a squad for whatever reason, injuries or, or whatever it may be. Like, do you look at it and you're a bit frustrated that you're not involved? Because obviously the previous campaign, you were, you know, you were so, so involved. And obviously you're still around, you're still involved. But when you see the likes of the Sweden game, the support they're getting, you know, the opportunity to, I suppose, um, get to the World Cup and, and the campaign and how close we are um, to get into a major tournament, do you? When the injuries come and and you're not in the squad, is it hard to look at it, or is it? I'm just always fascinated how players kind of deal with that when you come into a squad and then you're back out. Yeah, obviously it's it's definitely difficult looking from from the outside in, but I mean to, to see the success that they're having and especially that most recent Sweden game, I think it was was phenomenal. I am their biggest fan and, and always will be their biggest fan. Obviously, my goal is to, is to break back into the setup, and um, but obviously I can only focus on me individually first, and then obviously getting back. Really things in, in club football but but I will always be the girls biggest fan if I'm not involved um, I mean we've got a great group of girls um, we've had talented teams throughout the years and the support that we're getting and, and the players are performing at a higher level and we're not only putting it up to the top top teams in the world you can say that, that Sweden are, are pipped to, to win the Euros this summer and we went out there and, and we're lucky not to come away with all three points and the fact that we're now taking points and we're putting it up to them on a performance level it is unbelievable. And, and I do hope, whether I'm involved or not involved, that, that the girls can get the job done and make it to to the World Cup. I think we've got an unbelievable combination of, of youth and, and experience in that team. And I think that this is 
without a doubt our our best chance to to make it to a major tournament and I'm, I'm certainly rooting for the girls I said I'm their biggest fan and I was fortunate enough that <clears throat> during the last um, camp I managed to get home for a few days and I went into Castleknock and, and had some coffee with some right. of the girls and I think obviously I'm missing the football part of it I'm missing playing for my country missing representing Ireland but first and foremost I'm missing the girls I was like we all are friends both on and off the pitch and and that is massive but as I said I, I will always be their biggest fan um, even, even if I'm not involved in the squad and I think that's what makes us such a great nation is that even though you're not involved yourself, you're still rooting for that person and you still want the best for us. Um, and, and I hope that that never changes about the Irish because I think that is, is something special that we have that a lot of other people and a lot of other countries don't have. Yeah. And have you, beyond like actually seeing the team and stuff, have you had much contact with the Irish camp over the last couple of months just in terms of your injuries and keeping them updated and where you're at and what the prognosis is, I suppose, going forward? Because there is some exciting matches coming up and I know you said you're doing you have surgery on Wednesday so I'm not sure what the long-term recovery is for that for you um so yeah I'm still in contact with them regularly they're they're updated on on my situation and where I am um obviously that's down to the medical staff at my club to provide those reports and and I have been in touch base kind of more recently with um the physio and, and doctor trying to get old scans and, and new scans and updating them on on where I'm at, um, as I said, even with the upcoming games, my, my focus is I need to focus on me getting back on the pitch and we're still unsure as to how long away that is at the minute. Um, obviously, just looking forward, well, I wouldn't say looking forward to getting the surgery on Wednesday, who would be looking forward to an operation, but looking forward to, to getting that out of the way and kind of being on the other side of the recovery and, and being able to, to push on. But I've got the, the support of the medical staff. They're, they're there for any questions or, or any worries that I have. They're always on the other side of the phone and, and obviously I'll, I'll be always thankful for that. Yeah, I don't think anyone ever looks forward to surgery necessarily, <laughs> but I can totally understand how you're like, okay, well, at least it's doing something about the problems that I have <laughs> and fixing them going forward. I can totally understand that perspective. Um, for you, in the longer term, what are the sort of goals? Because you have, you've done a long stint in the Women's National League. You're now with London City, Lionesses. You've done Brighton in the WSL. You've played at international level. What are the long-term career goals besides just getting back on the pitch in this like next couple of months, hopefully? I think obviously for me, as I've said, it's about getting back to my best and it's being in an environment that is going to allow and, and to help me do that. Um and I think at the minute I, I, I will be hopefully staying with, with London City um, and, and being in a position to do that. They're very supportive of once we found out what was wrong with my knee, we were able to, to get in nice and quick. And I think it's been kind of a quick turnaround in, in the last 10 days. But but for me, it's just being in an environment where I can push myself to, to get back to my best and, and see where that is, see where that leaves me and see... I'm open, open to everything. I just want to to continue playing for for as long as I can, and as high a level as as my body will allow me, but also my my performances will allow me. And if that's in the championship, if that's in the in the in the national league in Ireland, who knows? As I said, I'll, I'll keep trying. I'll keep knocking that door down and and see see where we are. But obviously, as I said, I proved that that I could do it in in the women's national league, and I could prove that I could do it not also at that level, but play international level in the women's national league. And there's players that are are still doing that, so you don't necessarily have to be abroad to play you just need to make sure that wherever you are that, that you are playing consistently and you're, and you're performing at that level and unfortunately that's something that, that I haven't been doing in, in the last kind of 18 months two years so for me it's it's important to, to take a step back and look at that and make sure out of everything that that is 
what is happening, um, not only for my international career, but I think just for me and an enjoyment level um, of, of the game in general. I think out of many of the players that we have talked to on the show, <laughs> considering the luck you have had, is someone that we would love to see on the pitch consistently yeah. and enjoying their football and enjoying playing because it is a pleasure to watch you when you are on the team. Looking at all the different things you've gone through, I mean, three ACLs before you were 21, the injuries you've had this year, the tough spell at Brighton. I know we had Chloe Mustaki on and she said her ACL tear was almost harder than going through her cancer treatment, just the mental element of it. For you, which was the toughest one that you faced into? And do you feel like now having that little bit of time behind you and being that little bit older, and I suppose having had that time at Brighton where you just wanted to get on like you react differently to it now? Um, I think obviously being so young when I when I went through all those injuries, I kinda had to kind of mature and, and grow up really fast and I think that each one stood to me differently and, and each one brought like a different challenge. And I think for me definitely tearing my ACL for the third time was the most difficult. I think I had some some hard conversations with not just myself but physios I was working with about whether I actually wanted to continue playing, um, whether I wanted to get back to the highest level at that point, whether I was crazy, whether I was stupid. I had opinions of some people telling me that I'd never make it back to that level. And I think for me, having those hard discussions with myself and, and saying those thoughts out loud and, and actually figuring out what was going on was probably the hardest part because I think at that time I was only 21 and um, I was still looking back I was still very young and, and had dealt with a lot kind of on the pitch but I think that I've learned a lot of kind of like life lessons um, through my injuries and, and through sport and I have learned how resilient I am maybe people will call me crazy to, to still be kind of putting up with and still doing it but I think that I've learned a lot through my injuries and through sport that I never would have learned in, in any other aspect of life and I think that that is something that I will hopefully carry into the rest of my life with me and um, as I said they each brought their own challenges and this one now is, is a different challenge I'm just glad that we're we're out of the uncertainty and we know what it is so we can put the definitive plan in place to to, to, to get me back. Rihanna just in terms of the league um, I know you're an outsider now and I keep bringing you back to the Women's National League um, well I suppose once a Women's National League player always a Women's National League player but just in terms of Fascinating to hear from you. You've obviously left the league a few years now. I suppose looking in from the inside now in terms of social media, I know you're obviously still a big Wexford fan. Do you think the league has developed and improved and, and taken strides since you've left from what you, you're looking at on social media and speaking to probably the Wexford girls in the club? And I'd just love to hear your thoughts on, on what you think in terms of the Women's National League and has it grown, So I suppose, since you have left? I think, yeah, it, it's definitely grown. Obviously, you can see that it is becoming that little bit more competitive. Obviously, you've still got Shelburne and Wexford and, and Pease that, that are up there and are challenging. But I think even if you've seen the results from, from the weekend gone, there are teams that are getting closer to the top three. And ultimately, that's what you want. And I'm sure for you as a, as a player, probably you want to be going into every game and, and having to give your best and, and, and having to, to dig deep to get those wins. And I think that you can see with those results getting that little bit closer for whatever reason. But... I think just the promotion of the league the, the last two years, say, has been phenomenal. I think the fact that even like watching from the outside in, I can now access all the games. You can choose who you want to watch on, on any given weekend. And I think that that's only going to bring like more coverage to the game. The players are doing more interviews, the social media posts. I think even the, the club's own 
social media pages have, have gotten a lot better and and I think that that's kind of coinciding with what's going on with the women's national team and I think that the more that that continues to, to grow we're in an age where like social media is very dominant and, and it is everything and I think as long as that continues to grow I think that we'll see more kind of funding and more promotion into the players and and the more funding and the more back end that the players get the easier it will be for them to be able to put their best foot forward and the more facilities they have the more access to things that, that they have in the league is only going to get better and better but obviously it is a domino effect you need one thing in place to keep building and, and to get to those next standards and I think that obviously it's by no means a finished product but you can you can see and I'm sure you can vouch for that being involved in not only the league as a player but also from, from an FAI standpoint of view that you can you, you can see how far it's come but obviously there's, there's a lot more still to do but hopefully it can continue to keep growing at the rate that it is Brilliant. definitely something we encourage every single week on the show <laughs> for the growth and general success of the women's national league because also the more successful it is the more opportunities players like yourself get to go off into the world and do us proud in general rihanna thank you so much for joining us and best of luck with the surgery on wednesday we will all be thinking of you and can't wait to see you back on the pitch hopefully soon thank you very much Liz. thanks emil that's it for this week's episode of the Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cabri FC, official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland women's national team. As ever, we will be back again with you next week for a final episode before our summer break as we reflect on what we hope is going to be a very exciting final weekend to this year's WSL season. So make sure you're subscribed to the Koi Gig podcast feed in all your usual places and we'll chat to you then. The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support.